Welcome to the study today. This is a great story about Elisha getting involved in a military exercise. Take a look at 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 8-23. through 23. What I'd like you to do is to pause, take the time to read that, because I won't read it all now because it'll take up too much time. But read that and you'll read about Elisha's military maneuver. When we take off with verse 8, the king of Aram confers with his officers. It means that he really sat down and he had this discussion with them about what he would do. It was a planning session. They planned together, they strategized together, and they were seeking counsel. That's what it means. So it's a great way of doing team building. Elisha wasn't a warrior, and he didn't have any military training, but he had insight and he was a direct voice from God. This is why we should include God in all of our plans. The king of Aram had no regard for God. Even though he had military experience and all his men were strong soldiers, you can't defeat God. Elisha in verse 9 hears from God. Elisha didn't hold back. Immediately, Elisha warns the king of Israel. He tells them what their plans are. He's hearing what their plans are from God. Elisha warns the king several times and he kept them out of harm's way, as it says in verse 10. The significant difference between the two kings is that one took the advice of the man of God, while the other never entertained the idea of seeking any God. He just talked with his officers. This remarkable narrative really takes the reader into the tent of the Ben-Hadon, the king of Aram. And to the meeting he had with his general staff. It turned out much of the king's consternation that his plans were known to the king of Israel and his staff. Ben Hayden suspected a spy and he was right. The spy was actually Elisha who had never left Israel. That's a great spy. <laughs> when we go to verse 11, the king of Aram became upset uh, of his security leak and he demanded that his commanders uh, tell him who was the traitor. And he couldn't figure out why Israel always knew what was up. They were always a step ahead of Ben Hayden. So the king had accused one of his own officers in verse 12 of being a leak, but they quickly told the king that it was Elisha. How did they know it was Elisha? The word must have gotten out quick. The rumor mill is fast, and I think we all, we can all relate to that. As we go into verse 13 and 14, the king sends out his troops to seize Elisha. So he's upset about this. And they find out Elisha is supposed to be at Dothan. Uh, this was an amazing approach to capture Elisha when you read those verses. I don't know what the king thought was going to happen if they took Elisha, but he sent a lot of chariots and horses to surround the city to get one man. And then you go into verse 15, the next morning Elisha's young servant walks outside and sees that they're surrounded by the enemy. <laughs> well, now what? Do you ever feel like that at times, that you're being surrounded by this ugly affairs of life? or those who don't like you and are, are stalking you to make one wrong move so that they can destroy your character. Elisha's servant is frightened and he states, 
what will we do? <laughs> and how, how many times have we said that to ourselves in, our, in a crisis after another crisis in our lives? I've said that many times. Now what am I going to do? I have finally learned to say there is nothing I can do, but God is in control. He will do what I cannot. In verse 16, Elisha's response is horrific. First, he tells the servant, don't be afraid. We've heard that so many times throughout the Bible. When God is on our side, he tells us, don't be afraid. And then next, he encourages him by saying, for there are more on our side than on theirs. That's comforting when you think about that. In verse 17, Elisha's next step is to pray. He starts praying, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And immediately, God opened the servant's eyes. Elisha prayed for the servant. He wasn't asking for his own eyes to be open. Elisha was already convinced about what God would do. This is a twofold lesson. Pray for others and be convinced that God will answer. Also, know that God will never leave you or forsake you. This young servant saw the hillside around Elisha, and it was surrounded with horses and chariots of fire. This was the army of God. The servants saw the spiritual reality that lay beyond normal human sight. Remember, this was a fiery scene that accompanied Elijah's translation into heaven. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 11. Let's go on to verse 18. When they saw the Aramean army advancing, what does Elisha do? Get a load of this. He prays again. O Lord, please make them blind. And the Lord struck them with blindness. Was this a physical blindness? I don't think so, because he ended up leading them away. He took them to a different city. In verse 19, Elisha takes the next step to engage in a conversation with them, and he's telling them that they took the wrong way and that they're in the wrong city. He misled them. Well, of course. You know, that reminds me of the story of uh, on Andy Griffith's show. There was an uh, episode one time where Andy and them had just fixed up a house at the edge of town and trying to make the city look nice. And, and, and there was a couple of people that were driving up and he wanted to impress them. Uh, as they were driving through town, they stopped and they asked him, uh, along with the mayor of the town, they asked him, said, uh, where are we at? What city are we in? And Andy says very proudly, he says, well, you're in Mayberry, talking about what a great town it was. With well, a couple in their car responded with a confused look and said, oh, we thought we were, we were in Grover. And they drove off and you could just see their face drop. But it was a funny scene. Well, this is what's happening. Elisha was driving them away through a clever decoy operation. He told them, you're in the wrong town. He told the troops to follow him, and he would take them to the man they were looking for, leading them to Samaria. Well, they were looking for Elisha, but see, they were blinded in the sense they couldn't recognize him. They didn't know who he was, and they weren't sure where they were. This is that kind of blindness. What they were blind to was Elisha and who he was. In verse 20, when they entered Samaria, Elisha asked the Lord to open their eyes again so they could recognize where they were. That was another prayer. In verse 21, the king of Israel didn't know what to do, so he asked Elisha, quote, My father, 
Should I kill them? Unquote. My father, when he says this is a familiar statement, this is really a term of endearment. He saw Elisha as his mentor, just like Elisha had said to Elijah, my father. In verse 22, here's the soft side of Elisha, I think. Of course not. Do we kill the prisoners? Is what Elisha says. Do we kill prisoners of war? Instead, he gave them food and drink and, and sent them home again. Elisha used the voice of reasoning with the king. Nothing wrong with that. Verse 23, the king made a great feast for them. Like they say, kill them with kindness. The Armenian raiders stayed away from the land of Israel. They knew they could have been killed and the overwhelming kindness was too much for them to bear for ever returning there again to do any harm. I like what Matthew Henry's commentary states. It says, when Elisha had the Syrians at his mercy, he made it appear that he was influenced by divine goodness as well as divine power. Let us not be overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. The Syrians saw it was no purpose to try to assault so great and so good a man. It is really important for us to understand that diplomacy can go a long ways. Look at Proverbs 15.1. It says a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 15.4. A soothing tongue is a tree of life, but perversion in it crushes the spirit. Proverbs 18.13. He who gives an answer before he hears, it is folly and shame to him. Proverbs 25.15. By forbearance, a ruler may be persuaded, and a soft tongue breaks the bone. Proverbs 29.11, a fool always loses his temper, but a wise man holds it back. In 1 Thessalonians 5.14, we urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with everyone. These are great references for you just to keep somewhere and hold on to remember that diplomacy and patience and loving kindness, words go a long way and words matter when you talk to people. And verse 16 reminds us that 1 John 4, 4, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. I like what William McDonald's Bible commentary says, in our spiritual battle with the forces of evil, we have protection and power given us by our omnipotent ally. Through the prayers of faith, the Lord can open the yes of our hearts to the reassuring fact that He is defending us and frustrating Satan's destructive intentions. I want to close with some takeaways. I've got about nine takeaways that we got out of these verses, and here they are. Number one, confer with God. It's very important to do in our life. Number two, when you feel surrounded, know that God is present and there is more on His side than theirs. Number three, don't be afraid. Number four, be encouraged or encourage others. Number five, pray and pray again with conviction and know that God will answer. Number six, be specific in your prayers like Elisha was by asking God to open some eyes and to close some others. Number seven, Kindness can go a long ways. Exercising diplomacy. Let's overcome evil with good. Number eight, open your eyes that you may see Jesus and not the world as it is. And number nine, let us reason together 
like Elisha did. He reasoned with the military leaders. I like what Don C. Skinner said, if we cannot see God in the commonalities that constitute daily life, we would not recognize Christ if he walked into the room and sat down beside us. We've got to be able to see Christ in our life, in everything that we do, whether we're talking to someone else or just sitting with ourselves. See Christ in that situation. Have a great day.